Hello, people of the way. If you have your Bible, this is a little message that we have regarding the time of Jacob's trouble. It's to be used in conjunction with another study called When is the Rapture? Uh, as a little disclaimer, I do not teach a pre-tribulation rapture. I do not teach that. Uh, now, in accordance with the pre-trib rapture theory, uh, what it's stated based on the theory is that the rapture of the church and the time of Jacob's trouble are two separate events. Now, that's in accordance to a theory, the theory of the pre-tribulation rapture, where the pre-tribulation rapture theory states that the rapture of the church happens before the 70th week of Daniel, before the final seven years of world history. I don't teach that. Now, I have to say, too, that if you're a pre-tribulation rapture person, I do love you. You're, I, I consider you my brother and my sister, but or my sister, I should say. I don't hate you. This isn't a point of contention at this point. But it will be a point of contention in the future because if you hold to the pre-tribulation rapture theory, I've had these conversations with people, with um, uh, professors of theology, and you know they say, well, these things are permissible. It's okay for me to take the mark of the beast because if we're still here, we know that the rapture hasn't happened yet. Now, that's in accordance to a theory. But does the theory of the pre-tribulation rapture, does it hold up against Scripture? That's what we're going to look at today. And if you're pre-trib, I love you. You must have your Bible open. If you're pre-trib, if you're not pre-trib, you must have your Bible open because we're going to look and see what the Bible has to say. Now, this topical message is specifically on the time of Jacob's trouble. Now, open up your Bible to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. And in Matthew 24... The disciples of Jesus Christ in verse 3, Matthew 24, verse 3, says, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. So this is a little private conversation between the disciples and Jesus Christ. Now, emphasis on the disciples, because these are disciples who are Christians, people who believe in Jesus Christ, who acknowledge Jesus Christ as the Messiah, Son of the Most High God, Christians. And they ask, it says they came to him privately saying in verse 3, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And what Jesus Christ does is he starts to explain what happens, all these little indicators about the signs of the times. But let's fast forward to verse 15. And in verse 15, he says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation. Now, stop here for a moment. Let's pause. When you see. Remember, he's speaking to Christians. The disciples in these, now they're not acknowledging, Christians were first acknowledged as Christians in Antioch, but before they were Christians, they were referred to as the people of the way, before they were widely held to be uh, 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 the uh, named as Christians. They were called the people of the way. That's in our study in the book of Acts. But this is specific to the topic of Jacob's trouble. Now, Jesus Christ says here in verse 15, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation. Now, he doesn't say when they see or when Israel sees. He says when you see. Now, he says that to Christians, to believers in him, his disciples in this little private conversation. Remember verse 3? Now, if the pre-tribulation rapture theory, if that were true, why would he not say when they see or when Israel sees or when Jacob sees? Why? 
We don't see that. He responds to Christians. He responds to the disciples and says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, this alone right here obliterates, obliterates the pre-tribulation rapture theory. But there's more. Now, I say this because what happens in accordance with the theory of the pre-trib rapture, what happens in accordance with the theory is that they say that Matthew 24 is for Israel. It is not for the church. Matthew 24 is the time of Jacob's trouble, which is a second event from the rapture of the church. The Bible doesn't teach that. To Christians, to his disciples, he says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Now, this is West Bank, modern-day West Bank. It's going to be a slaughterhouse. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. It's going to be bad for Jews in that region of Israel. Now, Look at verse 21. Let's fast forward to verse 21. For then there will be great tribulation. Now, this is a specific topic on Jacob's trouble, but I have a little side note to say. And the side note is this. A lot of times when I speak to people, theologians included, the professors of theology, pastors, elders, what happens is they say they refer to the seven years as the tribulation period. The Bible doesn't teach that. There is no reference to the tribulation period in the Bible as being seven years. They say that's that's the majority. Some say, well, the tribulation period is seven years, but the great tribulation is the last three and a half years. The Bible doesn't teach that either. What Jesus Christ says here about there will be great tribulation, this is after the abomination of desolation. Remember, when you read the prophecies of Daniel 9, And in Daniel 9, there's a seven-year period. Now, in this seven-year period, there's the first half, which is all fake. That's like the fake peace, the Antichrist who enters in peaceably. When you read the, you know, other prophecies, major prophets, minor prophets, even in the New Testament. And you see how the Antichrist enters in peaceably. This is during the seven years, but it's during that first half of the seven years. And right smack dab in the middle is the abomination of desolation. Now, the last half, the last three and a half years, within this three and a half years, it, I don't know if it's, it might be uh, two years, it might be three years, it might be three years and four months, it might be three years and five months. But within this three and a half year period, there is what's referred to as the Great Tribulation. And that's straight up hell on earth, literally, because Satan knows his time is short and his demons and him, what they do is they want to drag people to hell. Because they're going to go burn in the lake of fire and he wants to take people with him. Now, some people he already has. Other people, the Christians, he wants to kill and destroy and drag them to hell. Now, remember, the remnant, that's who his target is, the remnant. Both Jew and Gentile, Jew and Christian. The remnant is his target because everybody else he has. Remember, the last day's church has four categories. The last day's church is false. It is apostate, it is entering apostasy, or it is true. And the true church will shine brighter and brighter and brighter in the last days. And when the last days church, this remnant, is shining bright, there's going to be a big target on our backs. A big, huge target on our backs. Now you say, well, we're not going to be here. Well, that's in accordance to a theory. We're going to see if that theory holds water.
Jesus Christ says here, for then there will be great tribulation. Now, remember the tribulate, people say tribulation period is seven years. No, the tribulation period is not seven years. There's the final seven years of world, the 70th week of Daniel. But the Bible never says that the entirety of that seven years is the tribulation period. The Bible never teaches that. The Bible says the tribulation is within that last three and a half years. Could be two years. Me personally, I happen to believe it's three years and probably like four months. Well, if you count the other prophecies where there's extra days and minus days and you subtract that from three and a half years, there are certain things that happen with these extra days in accordance to the feasts and the festivals. But that's another topic. That's another uh, subject matter. So probably like three years, three months within that time is the great tribulation. So sometimes, you know, when I talk to the pre-tribulation folk, the, the, the theologians included, they say, well, the, the, the tribulation period. And I have to ask, not mostly when I'm speaking to the theologian, the, 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 uh, the, uh, 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 the, the, the college professors, the university professors, the theology professors, usually when I, pastors included. But when I speak to these people and they say the tribulation period, I pause them. I say, wait a second, are you referring to the seven years? And when they say yes, I know what I'm dealing with. When they say yes, I know that, okay, they're probably under the pre-trib rapture theory, but it's still a theory because the Bible never says the tribulation period is seven years. Never. It's all in accordance with a theory and they use revelation to support the theory, but does the theory hold water? And so it says here in verse 21, our Lord teaches, for then there will be great tribulation such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor, nor ever shall be. It's straight up hell on earth. Because Satan, who knows his time is getting shorter and shorter and shorter, he's going to amp up his attacks. He says in verse 23, then if anyone says to you, look, here's the Christ or there, do not believe it. Now remember, if Matthew 24 is for Jacob only. If this is the time of Jacob's trouble and it's for Jacob only, why in the world would Jacob be seeking the Messiah? Why would they be seeking the Messiah when the Messiah they thought was the Messiah, which turned out to be the Antichrist who was trying to kill them at the abomination of desolation? Why in the world would Jacob be seeking for the Messiah when the Messiah they thought was just trying to kill them? No, Jesus Christ, remember, his disciples asked him. Christians asked him. In verse 15, he says, therefore, when you see, and he's speaking to saints, when you see the abomination of desolation, speaking to saints, in verse 23, he says, then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ there, do not believe it, for false Christs and false prophets will rise. It is prophesied. They will be on the rise. They will be on the rise. And remember, the same Spirit of the Lord says, Paul, hey, Paul, say this to the Corinthian church. And that's our study in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and 12. We get into spiritual warfare. And we see the preacher guys come in a little bit in Galatians. Not a little bit, but a lot of it in Galatians too. The preacher guys come in, servants of Satan, as identified in 2 Corinthians And what happens is that these servants of Satan come in, they present themselves as ministers of righteousness, and they come in with destructive heresies. They come in with a different spirit, a different gospel, and a different Jesus. And these people will be on the rise in the last days. In verse 24, for false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive 
if possible, even the elect. People say, well, that's for Israel. That's not for us because we're going to be raptured out of here. Boom, we're out of here. Remember, Jesus Christ is speaking to Christians, his disciples, people who believe that he is the Messiah. Christians, disciples who will, in a little bit from this point, will be apostles pretty soon with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the tongues of fire. He says this in verse 27, For as lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. In verse 29, Immediately after the tribulation. Now, there are people who say, oh, I, I, I believe in a post-tribulation rapture. And they refer to the tribulation as the seven years. Well, the Bible never teaches that. The Bible teaches the tribulation period scripturally, scripturally in the Bible, that the tribulation period is within that three and a half years, the last three and a half years. And I, I personally believe that tribulation, that in the entirety of the great tribulation is probably about three years, three and a half months, maybe around. I mean, when you, when you look at other prophecies that you, you account for these other days, uh, these additional days, all in accordance with feasts and festivals, not advocating the law, but remember these things of the law, how the sun and moon were given for signs and for seasons to understand these things. Now, all these things in accordance with the prophecies. That probably like more three, three years, three months kind of deal. Time frame. And Jesus Christ says immediately after the tribulation. So within that three years, three month time frame, you know, it could be, it could be two years, nine months. I, I when you read Revelation, I, I, I lean more towards three years, three and a half months around that time frame, accounting for those additional days. And he says immediately after the tribulation. So, so we're still within that seven-year time period. It's not post-seven years, which a lot of times people refer to. Well, I, I believe in post-tribulation, which means that the seven years is over and then these things happen. No, we're still within that seven-year time period. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. You see, this is what is in accordance with the prophecies in Revelation, the last trumpet. Also in accordance with the prophecies in First Corinthians, the last trumpet. People say, oh, this is this is for this isn't for the church. The church is already gone. Well, it's already gone in accordance to a theory. In accordance to a theory. Now, when I say pre-tribulation rapture theory, let's hold that aside from the Bible for a moment. And we're going to look at these passages and then measure the theory with what the Bible teaches. So if you're pre-trib, remember, I love you. This isn't this isn't to say, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, or to beat you down or anything like this, but we're living in very, very dangerous times where, you know, I've had these conversations with people, theologians included, and they say, well, it's okay to take the mark of the beast because if we're still here, that means the rapture hasn't happened in accordance with the pre-tribulation rapture. They don't say theory, I say theory. They say in accordance with the pre-tribulation rapture. It's just a theory. We don't rest our laurels on a theory. We rest fully and completely in the truth of God's holy word. 
And these people, they say, well, you know, it's okay to partake of these things because, you know, the, the, the rapture hasn't happened. So if we're still here, that means the rapture hasn't happened so we can do it. And what's happening is you have these so-called teachers. I'm doing my air quotes. They're starting to teach that it's okay to take the mark of the beast, that you'll still be saved. And we see it mainly in the Calvinist and Reformed theory camp. Now, as a little side study, listen to our message. It's called Do Not Take the Mark of the Beast. You'll hear exactly what I'm talking about. It's called uh, Do Not Take the Mark of the Beast. You listen to that and you'll, you'll, you'll hear uh, uh, the, the exhortation, go ahead and take the mark of the beast. It has no bearing on your salvation. It's a lie from the pit of hell. So never take the mark of the beast. I don't care who tells you. I'm telling you, never, ever, 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 ever take the mark of the beast. So let's look at these passages. In verse 31, the great sound, a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from four winds, from one end of heaven to the earth. So let me ask a question. If pre-tribulation rapture were true, does that mean that there's two raptures? Does that mean that the church has been raptured and this gathering that is referenced, this, this gathering in verse 31, is that a second gathering of Israel? Does that mean there are two raptures? You see, that's why I have these conversations with the theologians. I'm doing my air quotes. And they teach two rapture theory, but it's just a theory. It, they teach it because these passages don't support their theory. So in order to support their theory, they come up with these tertiary theories and fourth fifth sixth they come up with these additional theories to support their original theory but their original theory doesn't align with scripture because if there's two raptures we're still in the same chapter we look at verse 40 then two men will be in the field one will be taken and the other left two women will be grinding at the mill one will be taken the other left does that mean that there are three raptures now does that mean that there are four one one for the church one for Israel, and then another for men, and then another for women? Does that mean that there are four raptures? You see? Now, I'm not trying to be facetious in saying that four raptures, or in a mocking sense. I'm not, this, I'm not trying to attack anybody. But we have to be wise to the times. Because what's going to happen? If you're pre-trib right now, if you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, right now, Everything is fine for you. Everything is fine for you. I mean, you know, we live in the world, so we have these battles that we face, wars that we face. We still, you know, we're still Christians. We're still saints. And everything is fine for you. But when that agreement happens, that marks the beginning of the final seven years of world history. Now, it is at that time when Christians of the pre-trib camp the pre-tribulation rapture theory camp, you're really going to have to do some soul searching because you're going to have to come to terms with the possibility. Well, right now it's the possibility, but you're going to have to come to terms with the fact that you've been under deception with the teaching of the pre-trib rapture theory. Remember, it's just a theory. And in accordance to the theory, Matthew 24 is for Israel because the church is already gone. Now, if the church is already gone, remember, it's Christians who are asking Jesus Christ, what is the sign of your coming? Tell In a little private conversation. A little private. This isn't to the entirety of Israel. This isn't to uh, uh, Pharisees, scribes, Sadducees. This is to a little tiny private conversation with the disciples in Jesus Christ. Jesus what is the sign of your coming? And he says, 
when you see the abomination of desolation, that alone right there should obliterate the pre-trib rapture theory. Because in accordance with the theory, it is impossible for the saint who is abiding in Christ to see the abomination of desolation in accordance to the theory. But Jesus Christ speaking to Christians, disciples, in this private conversation says, when you see the abomination of desolation. Now, who am I going to believe? Do I believe the theory or do I believe our Lord? Do I believe the pastor of a theory? Do I believe the propagator of a theory? Do I believe the seminary teacher? Do I believe the theologian? Do I believe the professor of, uh, of seminary? Do I believe him? Or do I believe my Lord? When you see, he says to Christians, disciples, when you see the abomination of desolation, we know that the prophecies of Daniel chapter 9 pinpoints the abomination of desolation right smack dab in the middle of the final seven years. Now, since that's in the middle of the final seven years, this isn't an argument for mid-trip or, or mid-rapture, but it's an argument to say pre-trib rapture theory is dead in the water. That's just this, these little passages that we've looked at already. Not to minimize the power of these passages. But remember, we're looking specifically at Jacob's trouble, the time of Jacob's trouble. Now, we see these passages in accordance with the theory of the pre-tribulation rapture. This is for Israel. This is for Jacob. This is a time of Jacob's trouble. It's not for the church. Now, if that were true, are there two raptures? The gathering of the elect? Does that mean that there are two raptures? One will be taken, the other left. Does that mean there are three raptures? You see? Does that mean that there are four? One for the guys, one for the gals? Does that mean there are four? I'm not trying to mock the word of God in any way, shape, or form. But what I'm trying to do is to show you and exemplify unto you, my beautiful friend, my beautiful brother, my beautiful sister, that the pre-trib rapture theory does not hold water just in the passages we've looked at. But there is more. Open up your Bible to Jeremiah chapter 30. And in Jeremiah 30, we see the reference. We see the reference in Jeremiah 30 <clears throat> about Jacob's trouble. Look at verse 3. For behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will bring back from captivity my people, that I will bring back from captivity my people Israel and Judah. You see Israel and Judah. You remember the, the, the separation, the ten tribes in the north, the two tribes in the south, Israel, the ten, Judah, the two. I will bring back from captivity my people Israel and Judah, says the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave them, that, Return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. Now, these are the words that the Lord spoke concerning Israel and Judah. So you see the separation of Israel and Judah. And when you read Jeremiah, um, Lamentations, when you see the return in uh, Ezra, Nehemiah. But here you see the union of both Israel and Judah. And now in verse 4, we see, now these are the words of, that the Lord spoke concerning Israel and Judah. For thus says the Lord, we have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. Ask now and see whether a man is ever in labor with a child. Speaking about you know, a biological male, 
Biological males do not give birth. It is females who give birth. I don't care what the world states today. The world in the last days will be crazy. The world in the last days say men can have babies. Men give birth. Now, whenever you see that on the news, you know, you see like, oh, this guy gave birth. No, that is a person who looks like a guy who is a female who thinks she's a guy. She's giving birth naturally. She's pregnant naturally. Well, depending on how that happens, unnaturally. She's a, a woman. But... She believed the lie. You see, she's under deception. Now the news, the media, all these people that say, oh yeah, it's a man, it's a man. No, it's not a man, it's a female. But I see the beard, I see the beard. Well, remember, we are created in the image of God. Satan hates that. And so what does he do? As part of his deception, he says, you're ugly. You're created like this. You're not really a man, you're a woman. You're not really a woman, you're a man. You know, so he creates all these things, these ideas. He whispers into the ears of people. He whispers to people and says, look, God hates you. You're created the image of God, but you hate God. Look at what he's done. And so now you're a, you're a male, but you're a woman. And people believe it. Hook, line, and sinker. It's the deception of the last days. And so the question is posed here in verse 6. So why do I see every man with his hands on his loins like a woman in labor and all faces turned pale? Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it, and it is the time of Jacob's trouble. You see, what we read in, what we read in Matthew 24 is absolutely the time of Jacob's trouble. Absolutely the time of Jacob's trouble. The question is, is the church still here? Now, I take reservation when I say, is the church still here? The saints are still here. But the church is under judgment. Remember, the judgment comes first in the house of God as the Spirit revealed to Peter. And how Peter, in obedience to the Lord, reveals it to us. The church is under judgment. God's the, 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 the Judgment comes first in the house of God. You look at the church today and it's a madhouse. It is straight up crazy town in the church today. It is prophesied to happen. And judgment comes first in the house of God. Now, to support the theory of pre-tribulation rapture. What happens is that people say, well, we don't see the word church uh, after Revelation chapter 4, so therefore the church is gone. The church is raptured out. No, they say that to support a theory. You don't see the church after uh, uh, Revelation 4 because what happens? Now you see saints because the church has entered judgment. Judgment comes first in the house of God. Now, to support the theory, people say, well, those are tribulation saints. No, not tribulation saints. You don't see the teaching on tribulation saints in the Bible. You just see saints. No, no. To support the theory, they say, well, the, the church has been raptured and Matthew 24 is for Israel. And, you know, the tribulation saints, that's what you see in Revelation. You don't see that. Remember, Jesus Christ is speaking to the little group of Christians. And says, when you see the abomination of desolation, when you see, you see, when you see, how could a raptured church, how could that be for a, a raptured church? You see, the answer is that the raptured church comes later. The raptured saints comes later. And we're going to look at these passages like in verse 7. Alas, for that day is great so that none is like it. And it is the time of Jacob's trouble, which correlates with Revelation chapter 12, verse 14 and 17, where you see that Jacob is not alone. 
You see saints there. Christians. This time of Jacob's trouble correlates with the great tribulation with what Jesus says begins after the abomination of desolation, but was still, was still within that seven year period. That's why when, that's why I say like three years, three months in that time frame. Three years, three months ish. Because when you look at the, the other days and you count for the days in the, in accordance with feasts and festivals, minor prophets, some of the major prophets. And when you account for, and even in the law. And you account for these, then you start to see, okay, then it, this is what the time frame looks like. It all correlates. But he shall be saved out of it, he says in verse 7. This is the remnant of Jacob. Now, we looked at, here we are in Jeremiah 30, referencing the time of Jacob's trouble. But there is more written on Jacob's trouble. Turn with me to Isaiah 27. Isaiah 27. And here in Isaiah 27 says, so it shall be in that day. Now, this is a future day for Israel, but then also a future day in reference to the last days. Just like you see like uh, David, like the the king of the King David, you, you see reference in King David referring to the actual time of King David. But then you also see in reference to the coming Messiah, the, the coming of Jesus Christ as the lamb, uh, his first coming. But then there's also passages referring to the king of David, referring to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, if you're Jewish, if you're Jewish, male, female, young, old, I want to tell you something. I love you. In me, you have a friend. I know a lot of Jews are very cautious and careful and even wary when it comes to Christians because Christians, they, they see, they hear, they read what happened. Like Martin Luther, he was anti-Semitic. What Martin Luther did with the New Testament, he should have done with the Old Testament, but he didn't do that. And so you, see, you read his writings and it is very anti-Semitic. I don't agree with that. I agree with the coming out of Rome, coming out of the seven hills for, for Martin Luther. But he failed in doing what he did to the New Testament, to the, New, to the Old Testament. And because he didn't do that, what happened is that he came up with these anti-Semitic doctrines. Now, if you're Jewish, I love you. You say, well, Martin Luther says that. I know he does. I don't agree with that. In me, you have a friend. I love you. Okay? Uh, John Piper. John Piper with this gospel coalition, replacement theology. He teaches that God is done with Israel. He is a poison in the church today. He has blood on his hands. You know why I say that? John Piper has blood on his hands because before the, I teach from America and before this latest, I, this is, you know, a, 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 a fall season. 2021, and before this election, he put out this announcement. Christians should vote for Biden. Christians should vote for a Biden administration. The Biden administration, Biden, Biden, Biden. And what happened? A lot of Christians, they voted for Biden. And in so doing, look at what we see this present day with this administration, what's happening to... I mean, let's put aside veterans. Let's put aside... uh, 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 Afghanistan people who supported the U.S. efforts in Afghanistan. Let's put them aside. Now, they're, they're, there's blood on those hands. But let's look at Christians. Look at what's happening to Christians in Afghanistan. Men, women, children. 
Look at what's happening to pastors who are being burned alive. Look at what's happening to women who are being stoned. Look at what's happening to girls who are being raped. Not raped once, not raped twice, raped 10 times each day. And one day, the same girl raped 10 times. Look at what's happening today. These are happening today. John Piper has blood on his hands. And if he does not repent and accept Jesus Christ, not another Jesus Christ, the Jesus Christ of the Bible, if he does not repent and accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, he will burn in hell. Currently has blood on his hands. John Piper, Gospel Coalition, a poison. You see, if you're Jewish, I've talked to Jewish people and they want nothing to do with Christianity because of what they see, what they hear, what they read about from the Pipers, from the Luthers, from the, you know, uh, TBN tricking believers nightly. You know, they see the crazy town with the big hair, the big eyelashes and a whole lot of makeup. They see it and they say, I want nothing to do with that. Let me tell you something, my Hebrew friend. I love you and I want nothing to do with that either. It is a sign, one of many signs of the last days. Because in the last days, the church will be loco, straight up crazy. And that's what we see in the church today. In verse 13, so it shall be, this Isaiah 27, verse 13, so it shall be in that day. The great trumpet will be blown. Now, this correlates with Revelation 11. In Revelation 11.15, let's look at Revelation 11.15. Turn there really quick. Have your finger in, in, in Isaiah still because we're going to look at this little passage from Revelation 11. Verse 15 says this, Then the seventh angel sounded, this is the last trumpet, the last trumpet which correlates with 1 Corinthians 15 verse 52, the last trumpet which are also correlates with what we were looking at in Isaiah 27 verse 13, the, the, the great trumpet. The seventh angel sounded and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. These are passages which also correlate with Zechariah 12, 13, and 14. More so with Zechariah uh, 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 12 and 13. The revealing of Jesus Christ unto Jacob. And when, the, uh, when he shall reign forever and ever correlates with Zechariah 14. Now, we, we look back on Isaiah 27 now. In Isaiah 27, all with Jacob's trouble. In verse 13, so it shall be in that day, the, the great trumpet will be blown and they will come. It's a rapture. It's the rapture. They will come who are about to perish in the land of Assyria. Now, what's going to happen prophetically is the Antichrist is going to be killing Jews and the Jews are going to be rescued by the Lord. Largely, there's going to be Jews persecuted across the globe, but largely the large portion of Israel, or especially the West Bank, and, and the, let, those be in, let those in Judea flee to the mountains. A large portion of those in Judea, they're going to flee to the mountains. And when you follow the geographical map, and you look at the low points, you look at the valleys, and you see the valley from that region, and you follow that valley, where it leads to is an area called Petra. Now, there are different theories which state that this, this saving of Israel in these time periods are in different regions. But me personally, when you follow 
follow the map and you follow the prophecies, major and minor prophets, I tend to believe that that steers more towards Petra, the area of Petra where the Israel will be saved. And then you see other, in the minor, minor prophets where sinkholes are going to be open, you know, that the forces of the Antichrist will be chasing Israel and Israel is going to pass. And there's passages in the minor prophets where the earth is going to open up, open up and the sinkholes are going to open up and capture and kill the forces of Antichrist who are coming against the Jewish people. Just like what happened with the sons of Korah, with Korah. Not the sons of Korah, you know, the sons of Korah were on point because they wrote Psalms. So the, the sins of dad weren't the sins of the kids with Korah because Korah led the great rebellion in the camp of Israel. If you remember our study through the Torah, you see numbers, listen to our study through the book of numbers. You'll see exactly what we're talking about. But that's what's going to happen. Israel is going to be saved here. Now, you see these passages that uh, in verse 13, they will come who are about to perish in the land of Assyria and they who are outcasts in the land of Egypt. Now, what's going to happen with Jew and Gentile is that there's going to be regions, not countries, not cities even, but little regions that are going to be a safe haven for both Jew and Gentile, and Christians and Jews. Because the forces of Antichrist are going to come and there's going to be hell on earth. Jews are going to be killed. Christians are going to be killed. And what's going to happen with Christians, it's uh, the, the Antichrist is given power by the Lord, given power to prevail against the saints. Now, if you're in the pre-trib camp, the pre-trib camp says, oh, those are tribulation saints. Nowhere in the Bible will you see reference to tribulation saints. Nowhere. What happens is that people come up with this theory of pre-tribulation saints in accordance with the theory of the pre-tribulation rapture. But the pre-tribulation rapture, does that even hold water in accordance to the theory of the pre-tribulation rapture doctrine? Already, we looked at Matthew 24 when Jesus Christ speaking to Christians says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, that would be impossible in accordance to the pre-trib rapture. That would be impossible. You see, so already the pre-tribulation rapture isn't, you know, already it's obliterated. But if you hold to the pre-trib rapture doctrine, I want you to know that I love you. This isn't like, you know, like, you know, you're going to burn in hell kind of thing. But if you don't see what the Bible says and you don't see that, it's quite possible that you're going to face the second death. It's quite possible. Because remember, What's going to happen in this time of deception when the Antichrist enters in peaceably? It's all building up to the moment called the great apostasy, which is a defection away from truth in accordance with the prophecies in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. That's, it's prophesied to happen. The church will be a madhouse in the last days and judgment comes first in the house of God. But what the Lord has done and what the Lord will do is establish these safe houses, so to speak, these regions where things will be safe for the last day's Jew and the last day's saints. They will be like little safe houses. Remember how in our study in Exodus, how all these plagues were befalling the earth. All these plagues were coming down on the earth. And it, all this darkness came, this thick, thick darkness, no light. Except there was light in Goshen where God's people were. And that's what's going to happen in the last days. The Lord gives us Goshen now in our hearts. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you have Goshen in your heart. You abide in him, you have Goshen in your heart. A peace that surpasses all understanding. 
But in the last days, when the forces of Antichrist and all who align with Antichrist in accordance with the Antichrist spirit, which is in accordance with the lying wonders of Satan, that serpent of old, who's a big dragon, he's been growing ever since. A little, a little serpent in Eden. But when you get to Revelation, he's a big, a big giant uh, dragon. He's been growing more powerful, more powerful. And the crosshairs are going to be on Jew and Christian. You see, and there will be, it will be a slaughterhouse for Jews and Christians. It will be a slaughterhouse. And the world will rejoice. Oh, look at, look at what they do to the two witnesses. They're going to rejoice. Oh, look, they, these are, you know, they, they, they don't tolerate me. They don't tolerate this. They don't tolerate my lifestyle. They're so judgmental. They, all they do is judge. All they do is judge. So you know what? Let's kill them. The Antichrist is going to kill a killing spree across the face of the earth. Now, you don't take the mark of the beast. The Bible says you're going to get your head chopped off. You see, who's a people that chops off heads? You see, Islam. Now, what do you see with Islam? You see uh, the, it's being spread across the globe, largely in accordance with the alliance of civilizations, the clash of civilization and the alliance of civilizations. All these people, look at these refugees. I'm doing my air quotes. Look at these refugees who are coming into these towns, taking over, you know, creating political blocks. I speak of Europe, America, Canada, Western lands. And the Bible prophesies of a time where heads will be chopped off. And what do they do to infidels? Chop off the heads. You see, these are things that are happening today. Today. We're starting to see a converging of multiple, multiple, multiple prophecies, a converging. And you know what's happening? The Lord is in accordance with this word. He is going to establish these safe houses, little areas where it's going to be safe for the last day's saints, for the last day's Jews. Safe houses, not all, all, all over the globe. It's a slaughterhouse, but all over the globe, there's going to be these safe houses. And say, he says here in verse 13, they will come who are about to perish in the land of Assyria and they who are outcasts in the land of Egypt and shall worship the Lord in the holy mountain at Jerusalem. This correlates with the prophecies of Zechariah 12, 13, and 14. More so 14. But what's going to happen? I should say more so 14 when he's crowned. But in Zechariah 12 and 13, that's the revealing of Jesus Christ unto Jacob. Because what happens? Jesus Christ is going to come back in accordance with what we read in, 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 in Matthew 24. He's going to return. Now, in accordance with the pre-trib rapture theory, in accordance with that theory, they say Jesus Christ comes the first time for his church. He comes the second time with his church. That's a lie. It doesn't align with scripture. Oh, Matthew 24 is for the Jews. It's for Jacob. It's a time of Jacob's trouble. Yes, it's a time of Jacob's trouble. But remember, the Lord Jesus Christ says, when you see to Christians, he says, the Christians ask him and he answers the Christians. And he says, when you see, you see. Now what happens? Jesus Christ returns. He returns to the Mount of Olives and Israel, who was just freshly saved from the Lord, sees him. And the Messiah, who they thought was the Messiah, just tried to kill them. And they see, they see Jesus Christ. They look at his hands. They see the hole in his hands. They say, what are those marks in your hands? And he says, it is here. I was wounded in the house of my friends. And that's when the scales are going to fall from the eyes of the Jews, 
Jacob and Jesus, there's a period of mourning in accordance with the prophecies of Zechariah 12 and 13 in accordance with the prophecies. And he's going to be crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's what we see when we get into Zechariah 14, which also correlates with the prophecies of Isaiah. You know, unto us a child is born and the governments will be on his shoulders. Now, the governments of the world, they belong to the world right now. But one day they will go to Jesus Christ. The government will be on his shoulders. One day. You see? These are things that will happen. These are things that absolutely will happen. Now, turn with me to Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12. And that's when, you know, when when Jesus Christ says, you know, it was here, I was wounded in the house of my friends. That's when the Jews realize and they see, wow, Jesus was the Messiah in this period of mourning. It's a period of mourning because we killed the Messiah. We killed the Messiah, son of God, son of David. We killed him. Now, a lot of anti-Semitic Christians, such as John Piper, they say, look, the Jews did this. How dare you? How dare you? Now, if you're Jewish, I love you. I'm in a camp that never forgets the Romans were there too. The Romans put him up on the cross. The Romans, the Romans put a spear in his side. The Romans hammered nails. Gentile. A lot of Christians are like, oh, look, the Jews did this. Gentiles did too. Do you forget the Romans? You see? If you're Jewish, I love you. I love you. The Messiah. It's not two Messiahs. No. One Messiah, two comings. Jesus Christ came the first time as the lamb. He came the second time as the lion. Or he's going to come the second time as a lion. And so we turn to Daniel 12. Turn really quick to Daniel 12. And in Daniel 12, we see this in verse 1. At that time, Michael shall stand up. Now, people say Michael's the restrainer in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Michael's the restrainer. That's what they say. That's what they teach. A lot of them in accordance with the preacher rapture theory. I don't believe it's Michael that's the restrainer. I don't teach that. Because the restrainer, I mean, kind of a, a basic explanation is that, you know, the restrainer is capitalized in, in, in 2 Thessalonians 2. That's kind of like a basic. Uh, but deeper is that we see the ministry of the Holy Spirit who goes into the world to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Now, that ministry of the Holy Spirit, that's going to be lifted up. Because what's going to happen? There's going to be hell on earth. No no, almost like a no conscience in people. No, no conviction of like, you know, ah, I'm going to go murder that guy. No one to say like, no, like no thought, no conscience, the, the cognitive thought or even deeper thought within the conscience to say, no, I shouldn't kill that guy. That's one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit to convict the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. Absent that, look at what Look at what's going to happen. The guy, oh, I'm going to rape that girl. The guy's going to rape that girl. Oh, I'm going to kill that guy. I'm going to go kill that guy. And he kills that guy. It's going to be hell on earth. And in accordance with the Antichrist spirit, both Jew and Christian will be in the crosshairs. And the forces of Antichrist will prevail against the saints. It is prophesied. Now, people say, well, how could it be the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit is always with Christians? Now, I'll say this. The Lord gives us a parable about 10 virgins five are wise and five are foolish the five foolish run out of oil they have oil but they run out 
Store your oil. That's why you hear us say all the time, store your oil. The biblical preppers, what they do, you know, oh, I'm a biblical prepper. I'm going to get my food, my canned food. I'm going to get my ammunition, all these things. That's an unbiblical un- un- prepper. The biblical prepper stores oil. Store your oil. Because the restrainer, the Holy Spirit, is going to be lifted, gone. Not gone forever, but like lifted. The restrainer is no longer restraining. Now, what's going to happen is those who have oil for their lamps. You're going to see lamps go out. Why? Because they haven't been storing oil. You see, lamps are going to go out. Christians who are of the light, their lamps are going to go out and they're going to enter apostasy and become apostate. It is prophesied to happen. Read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It is prophesied to happen. He says in verse 1 of Daniel 12, at that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble. You see, also correlates with Jeremiah 30, verse 7, the time of Jacob's trouble. Such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time, which aligns with what our Lord himself teaches in Matthew 24, verse 21, the great tribulation. He said, oh, the Christians aren't going to be here. The saints aren't going to be here. Well, remember, Jesus Christ says, when you see the abomination of desolation to Christians, to saints, to his disciples, a little small meeting, not to Jew, not to uh, the scribes, the Pharisees, the, the Sadducees, no, a small little group, the disciples. At that time, or in verse 1, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered, which correlates perfectly with what is written in Romans 11. Turn to Romans 11 really quick. Romans 11. Now in Romans 11, We see in in Romans 11, verse 11, that through their fall to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Now, that's what the Lord is doing with Jacob. It's to provoke them to jealousy. And salvation has come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Now, what happens here in verse 25 of Romans 11? Brother Paul, brother Paul says this in accordance with the same spirit, which aligns perfectly with what Jeremiah says, with what Isaiah says, which aligns perfectly with what Daniel says, with what our Lord says. Why? The same spirit. The spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. Verse 25, Brother Paul says this, For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion. That blindness in part, not fully, blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles. Now, prophetically speaking, when we look at the unblinding of Israel, when we look at their unblinding, that's well into the 70th week. That's that's not before the 70th week. That's well into the 70th week, towards the end, but well deep into the 70th week. And the Spirit of the Lord has revealed to Brother Paul, and Brother Paul reveals to us 
that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. You see? So that alone places us biblically on the, uh, on the time frame well into the 70th week. This is another passage which obliterates the pre-tribulation rapture theory. The theory doesn't hold water. In verse 26, And so all Israel will be saved as is written, as it is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. You see? Ungodliness from Jacob. The time of Jacob's trouble is to Jacob. And do you remember Jacob in Genesis? How all the times there was the wrestling match he had with the Lord. And all the time that he, that's the theophany, you just angel of the Lord. You say, well, it's an angel. It's an angel. Angel of the Lord, theophany, Christophany. Capital A, the angel of the Lord. You see, uh, the theophany, he wrestled with the Lord. You see, Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. And every time before that wrestling match, he would say, the God of my fathers, the God of my fathers, the God of my fathers, the God of my fathers. After the wrestling match, he would say, my God, my Lord. You see? And the Lord, after the wrestling match, changed his name. No longer shall you be called Jacob. You are Israel, governed by God. You see? Verse 26, the Spirit of the Lord reveals to Paul, and so all Israel will be saved as it is written in accordance with the prophecies. The deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. From Jacob. You see, Israel herself has a little wrestling match. You see, I could say a big wrestling match. But blindness is unto Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles, which on the timetable places us well into the 70th week. And he says, for this is my covenant with them when I take away all their sins. That's Jesus Christ. When they see him as the Messiah, we see him today by faith and we believe in him by faith. Israel, they will with their eyes. Now, some do already, the Messianic Jews. Some do already. Remember, in verse 25, that blindness in part, in part, because there, there are Jews who believe Jesus Christ is the Messiah today, Messianic Jews. Blindness in part has happened to Israel. And this revealing of Jesus Christ, which correlates with the prophecies in Zechariah 12 and 13, it aligns perfectly, perfectly. Let's go back to Daniel 12. And in Daniel 12, verse 1 says, And at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. You see, this is the book of life. Everyone who is found written in the book. Now, I've had these conversations with the professors, with the theologians, with the, you know, the uh, 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 seminary teachers, pastors. And they come up with these other conclusions to support a theory. They say, well, there's multiple books of life. There's multiple books of life. In heaven, there's like a big library. And I, I say this, show me in the Bible where that is true. Show me in the Bible where the, it teaches that there's a library of these different kinds of books of life. Show me in the Bible. Where do you see that? I'll give you the answer. You won't find that. There is the book of life and one book of life. Not multiple books. People come up with these multiple book theories. The theologians, I'm doing my air quotes, the theologians, 
to support the theory of a pre-tribulation rapture and to support in, in supporting the theory of the pre-tribulation they say Matthew 24 is the time of Jacob's trouble now they rightly say it's Jacob's trouble but what they wrongly say is that it's Jacob's trouble and for Jacob alone because we see what the spirit revealed to brother Paul in Romans 11 that the blindness has come to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles now the fullness of the Gentiles if the in accordance with the pre-tribulation rapture theory the fullness of the gentiles happens before the 70th week this is all in accordance with the theory that's what the theory says that the rapture happens before now if that's the fullness of the gentiles then israel should be believing right before the the uh, the 70th week and if israel believes in jesus christ as the messiah well why would they follow the antichrist you see it does not hold water matthew 24 is jacob's trouble absolutely but jacob is not alone jacob is not alone remember the antichrist comes against jew and christian jew and saint in verse 2 and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake here we have the old testament reference to the rapture many of those who sleep of is who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake you see some to everlasting life the first death is over some to shame and everlasting contempt that's those who are subject to the second death and that awaits them remember jesus christ says you know i never knew you depart from me you worker of iniquity some will awake and depart from me i never knew you remember uh, at the wedding some try to enter in and some climb in, but, you know, then the Lord cleans house. This is an example of that same reference. Now we see this. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, the glorified bodies. Everything correlates. First Corinthians 15, everything aligns. Spirit of the prophets, subject to the prophets. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever glorified bodies you see and this event does not occur prior to the 70th week because if it did the theory does not align with scripture and we're just looking at like a little bit of scripture we haven't dove into the major prophets the minor prophets there's there's more jacob's trouble and jacob is not alone turn with me to amos chapter 9 the book of Amos, chapter 9. Beautiful, beautiful Amos. I'm no prophet nor the son of the prophet. And the Lord says, Amos, you're a prophet. Amos, chapter 9. Amos, chapter 9, verse 9. For surely I will command and I will sift the house of Israel among all nations as grain is sifted in a sieve, yet not the smallest grain shall fall to the ground. All the sinners of my people shall die by the sword who say the calamity shall not overtake nor confront us. Now, this verse would terrify me. If I were a pre-tribulation rapture theory person, this verse would scare me. Because in the pre-trib camp, a lot of people say, why would God hurt us? Why would God persecute us? Why would God do these things without realizing that there's a difference between God's wrath, God's wrath and Satan's wrath? Satan's wrath. Dumos. Dumos and ellipsis. Different. Different. Satan has his wrath. And he will prevail against the saints. He's going he's gonna to kill Jews and Christians. 
saints in the last days. Oh, those are tribulation saints. Those are tribulation saints according to a theory of the pre-tribulation rapture. But the theory doesn't align with scripture. Oh, but the, the saints are gone. Remember, Jesus Christ says, when you see the abomination of desolation, speaking to Christians, future apostles, people who were first referred to as Christians in Antioch, but eventually they'll be called the people of the way. Listen to our study to the book of Acts. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Verse 10 here in Amos 9 would scare me if I were a pre-trib raptured person. Because a lot of the pre-trib people that I speak to, friends, brothers and sisters in Christ. And if that's you, I love you. But they say, oh, if, if, why would God persecute his church? Why would God do that? Look at the persecution that's happened in the Bible already, like in our study through Genesis and everything we see in, you know, in, in the history of the church, in the history of Israel. Look at all the persecution. Look at all the persecution. And Jesus Christ, in describing the great tribulation, says that then there will be great tribulation such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. But remember, in the course of the prophecies, the Lord is going to establish safe houses, little regions where it's safe for Jew and Christians. Little re Now, who knows where these people are? Who knows where these people are or where these regions are, where these safe houses are? Who knows? We have to have intimacy with the Lord in these last days because he will reveal and he does reveal. Who knows where these safe houses will be, where these safe zones will be, knowing that the Antichrist is going to go and kill Jew and saint and it's going to be a slaughterhouse. Oh, you, you're not a people of tolerance. All you do, you say, I'm not good. You say, I can't do this. You say, I can't do this. All you do is judge. All you do is judge. You know what? Nowadays, you see the mentality, why don't you just kill yourself? Oh, you, 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 I'm just speaking about the vaccine too. They say, well, you know, if you don't want to take the vaccine, the coronavirus vaccine, if you don't want to take this vaccine, just, you know, I just hope you die. That's what they're saying today It's the spirit of Antichrist. And as it amps up, it's going to get further and further. They're going to say, oh, you don't want to take this vaccine. Now you don't want to take this other vaccine. Now you don't want to take this other vaccine. In the UK, they're coming up with these vaccines for the plague, the bubonic plague, or just making its rise again. All these different pestilences as prophesied in the Bible. Pestilence, disease, as prophesied in the Bible. Now, I'm not saying that uh, 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 the vaccine is the mark of the beast, but you're starting to see we're living in a time where the government is saying, hey, I'm mandating you to put this in your body. That should cause alarm for Christians because the false prophet who will also come with the power of Satan and cause fire to fall from heaven, will mandate that everybody on the face of the earth take the mark of the beast on the right hand or the forehead. It is prophesied. And we're starting to see these government mandates. Hey, you got to do this. You got to do this. If you've taken the vaccine, it, that's not the mark of the beast. But, you know, the boosters and all these additional shots, don't do it. Don't do it. Government mandates, you know, what's going to happen? You know, you're going to do this. You're going to do that. When, what's going to happen when they say, okay, 
because of you know uh id theft because there's the on the black market people are buying their fake passports they're buying all these things so we're going to digitize everything look what's happening in you know all these with the g20 and their efforts to digitize everything enter into a digital age now the digital digital age is already here but when they speak in this term of uh, uh, digitalization when they speak in those terms they're speaking of biometrics now, these biometrics, what's going to happen? They mandate the shot. They mandate this vaccine. They mandate this vaccine. And you can't buy or sell. You can't, in some places, you can't even work. Employers are mandated. Now, what's going to happen when they say, okay, now we have this little chip. Now we have this little mark. All you have to do is put it on your right hand or you can do it on your forehead. We can do an embed in your forehead. We can do an embed in your hand. You see? And Christians today, so-called teachers, pastors saying, it's okay to take that. It's okay to do that. And you'll still be saved. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? You see? That's the danger of the pre-trib rapture theory. Because these brothers and sisters, they have this idea, well, I can go ahead and do these things because we're still here. The rapture hasn't happened. Now, A lot of pastors in the pre-trib rapture camp, a lot of pastors, book writers, movie writers, producers, directors, they're going to have to do some major, major, major repenting. Major repenting. Because what's going to happen in the camp in Israel, this peace agreement, which is, we're starting to see, look at, we see the news, Afghanistan, all these different things, what's happening, you know, with the virus and all these different things. But don't lose attention. Don't lose focus on Jerusalem. Look at what's happening in Israel. These talks that are happening with Arab factions, Arab countries, uh, Palestinians with Egypt and Jordan, Saudi Arabia joining joining forces, Qatar, UAE. All these things are happening. And for peace to happen with Israel, all these agreements. And we're living in a time where for such a time as this, we see the converging of other prophecies such as government mandates for something to be inside of you injected in your body we're starting to see uh 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 uh, 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 this potential for a peace agreement with israel now when this peace agreement happens we're not going to know for certain that this is the final seven years until we get to the midpoint with at the third temple but what happens with the third temple is we're already seeing the prefabrication of the third temple And we're going to look back and realize, wow, this was the peace agreement that was prophesied by Daniel. Now, a lot of these teachers of the pre-trib rapture theory, they're going to have to do some major, major repenting before before the Lord and before people to say, hey, I'm sorry I misled you. Hey, I'm sorry. This This wasn't right. This isn't the way. The Bible teaches this. This is the way. Jacob's trouble, which we said wasn't for you, it really is for you. You say, wait a second, how can you even say that? Well, let's look at the prophecies. Still in the book of Amos, chapter 9, verse 11, On that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, and repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins. Now, what's going to happen? The third temple is going to be built at the middle of the uh, uh, 70th week at the abomination of desolation. Now, that rebuilt third temple is going to be suffered damage because the Antichrist is going to kill Jews. The Jews are going to see, like, wow, this isn't the Messiah because the Messiah is claiming to be God. You know, that's, that's not right. You know, that's uh, blasphemy. 
And that's when the Antichrist is going to kill the Jews. And, you know, the, the, the Lord is going to save the Jews. And then what's going to happen is the Antichrist is going to kill Christians. Now, across the face of the globe, there's going to be widespread slaughter, Jew and Christian. But the Lord is going to have safe houses across the globe. Now, these safe houses, you know, there's going to be restoration, what's happening. But this third temple that has suffered damage now, now it's going to be rebuilt. That's what this prophecy is here in verse 11. And repair its damages. I will repair up. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does this thing. You see? All the Gentiles who are called by my name, who, as in our earlier reference in Daniel 12, everyone who is found written in the book of life, and they just as in Daniel 12 says, those who those who are wise shall sign, shall shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. That correlates with 1 Corinthians 15, receiving our glorified bodies where the corrupt puts on incorruption, the mortal puts on immortality. O death, where is thy sting? The glorified body. You see? And all Gentiles who are called by my name. Remember, people say, oh, Matthew 24, that's for Jacob. That's for Jacob. The church is gone. Yes, it's for Jacob. But the church isn't gone. The saint, Well, the church is gone in terms of judged. The saint isn't gone. Oh, but those are tribulation saints. In accordance to a theory. Does the theory align with scripture? The answer is no. Oh, but that's for Jacob. That's for Jacob. Yes, it's for Jacob. But you look at these other prophecies, one of many, in Amos 9, verse 12, and all the Gentiles who are called by my name. What Daniel 12 says, written in the book of life, glorified bodies shall shine like the stars. You see? The prophecies. These are, they, we're not even looking at all of them. We're, we're not even looking at all of them. Remember, we're looking at Jacob's trouble where people say, oh, that's for Jacob alone. It is not for Jacob alone. It is not for Jacob alone. Now, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15, everybody acknowledges this as a rapture passage, and it is a rapture passage. But let's look at verse 15. For this we say to you, by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain. Now, let's pause here for a moment. He says, we who are alive and remain. Now, the word here for alive and remain, for remain, it's perilepo. Perilepo in the Greek. You know what that means? We who are alive and survive. We who are alive and survive. Remember, in accordance to the prophecies, it's going to be hell on earth. In accordance to the prophecies, Jew and saint, it's going to be a slaughterhouse. Now, there's going to be safe houses. There's going to be safe houses across the globe in different regions. You know, I teach from America. There's going to be safe houses in America. You know, some regions are going to have larger safe houses than others. There's going to be safe houses in America, in South America, in Arab countries, in China, in Russia, in Australia. There's going to be safe houses. But you better have a teacher. <laughs> you better have a teacher. In verse 15, we who are alive and survive. That's how it translates, perilepo in the Greek. 
We who are, it's not just remain, it's to remain, but it explains why there's a, re, a, a, a remnant. It explains why there's remaining involved. It's the survivors. Remember, the whole world is going to be a slaughterhouse, for, specifically for Christians. Because, you know, you take the mark on your hand, you take the mark on your forehead, you're good to go. You're, you're not in the crosshairs of Satan because you've accepted him. You see, remember Kai, we studied Kai. Listen to our study and do not take the mark of the beast. So you take the mark, you take the mark on your hand, you take the mark on your forehead. You don't have to worry about the slaughterhouse. But what you do have to worry about, well, you don't have to worry about because it it's a done deal, is the second death, the lake of fire. That's far worse. That's far worse. Remember, beautiful in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his saints. We don't fear death. Christians don't fear death. Verse 15 says, we who are alive and survive until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Now, pause here for a moment. Paul, in spite of the spirit, the same spirit that revealed to Daniel, to Isaiah, to Jeremiah, to Amos, that same spirit says, Paul, write this down and say that, you know, don't just say that it will not precede, emphasize will by no means precede those who are asleep. Now, the pre-trib rapture theory nullifies this verse. Because when you see Jacob's trouble, Matthew 24, Jacob's trouble, you see the inclusion of Gentiles, uh, uh, Amos 9, and in accordance with Daniel 12, verse 2, the, the rising in, 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 in Daniel 12, verse 2, in, in many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Well, the prophet, the prophecies in 1 Thessalonians chapter 15, that we who are alive and survive until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. You know what the pre-tribulation rapture theory does? It nullifies verse 15 by saying, we will precede those who are asleep. You see, we will precede those who are asleep. Because Jacob's trouble says it's a time of Jacob's trouble. And yes, it is Jacob's trouble. But in Amos 9, we see the inclusion of Gentiles. In Daniel 12, the time of Jacob's trouble. We see that in verse 2, in Daniel 12, verse 2, how many of those of who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, the rapture, the dead rising. That's Jacob's trouble, yes. But for verse 15 to be pre-tribulation it has to nullify the last part of verse 15 instead of saying will by no means precede those who are asleep the pre-trib rapture theory has to erase that and say will precede those who are asleep but the holy spirit says paul emphasize this point will by no means precede those who are asleep what does that say of the theory one of many verses that obliterate the pre-tribulation rapture theory. We who are alive and survive. Now, there's passages in the prophecies of Revelation. There are passages that speak about teachers who lead into captivity. Those are pastors who teach and lead God's people into unsafe areas. You see? But even still, there are safe houses throughout the globe in accordance to the prophecies. 
In verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven. Correlates with exactly what we read in Matthew 24. The Lord will descend from heaven. Matthew 24 verse 30. The Lord himself will descend from heaven. You say, wait a second. This is First Thessalonians. This is for Gentiles. This is a, largely a Gentile church. Absolutely. But in the course of the prophecies in Amos 9, what we looked at, what do we see? We see Gentiles included with Jacob. You see? Those who believe. Those written in the book of life. That's what we see. What does that say of the pre-tribulation rapture theory? Yes, it's a theory. But what's happening in the church today, a lot of people are resting their hat on the theory. And I say, don't even rest your hat on the theory. Rest your soul in the word of God. Yes, Matthew 24 is Jacob's trouble. But it does not include the saint. Or it does not exclude the saint. You see? Otherwise, verse 15 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it nullifies. It would be nullified if the pre-tribulation rapture theory were true. Because we don't nullify the word of God, we nullify the theory, you see? Because the Spirit says, Paul, you better emphasize this. And Paul says, yes, I will. And we who are alive and remain, or we who are alive and survive until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Remember, the dead will rise first. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God. That's what, the trumpet of God. That's the last trumpet, which correlates with Isaiah 27, with the passage that we looked at, Isaiah 27, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 15, verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 52. Revelation 11, verse 15. It all correlates the last trumpet. Everything aligns. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Just as is written in Daniel 12. The dead in Christ will rise first. No nullification of scripture. Old Testament, New Testament. No nullification whatsoever. You know what's nullified? The theory of the pre-tribulation rapture. Then, then in verse 17, we who are alive and remain. Same word. We who are alive and survive shall be caught up. Harpazo. Arpazo shall be caught up together with them. You see, together with them. Who? Daniel 12. Daniel 12. Jeremiah 30. The time of Jacob's trouble, absolutely. But the saint will be there too. You see? It's so beautiful because we see... Wow, how Holy Scripture, Old Testament knew the spirit of the prophets, the subject of the prophets, the same spirit. Daniel, what Daniel writes doesn't, doesn't deviate from what Paul writes, who doesn't deviate with, with what Peter writes, who doesn't deviate what John writes, who doesn't deviate from what Jeremiah writes, from what Daniel writes, from what Amos writes, from what Jesus says. Why? Same spirit, same Lord, same Christ, same gospel. Everything aligns perfectly. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Now, this is all within the confines of the seven-year period. All within the confines. Remember, the first three and a half years, 
The, the, the seven years is not the tribulation period. They define it as the tribulation period in accordance to a theory. But biblically, the tribulation period is a time period within the last three and a half years. The first three and a half years, it's false peace. It's fake peace. The beginning, oh, you know, look, we, we have the peace agreement. The Jews and the Palestinians, Israel and the Palestinians, there's peace. Finally, we can have peace in the Middle East. And the Antichrist is going to enter peaceably. And he's going to be there at the signing of that peace agreement. And he's going to enter, enter in on the world stage and be like, wow, look, everybody's going to follow him. Look at the chaos we see in the world today. Now, think of that, think of the guy who can bring calm to the chaos. You think the world's not going to love him? No, the world will love him. The world will adore him. You see? The world will adore him. And this is the one who's going to say, okay, now, you know, I'm God now. That's what he's going to say. I am God now. Remember the Lucifer in Isaiah 14? He wants to ascend to be not as God, to be above God. And Satan cast him down to Sheol, Lucifer. Same thing is going to happen to the Antichrist. You see, Satan embodied and, you know, it, it, like inside of a person. Only happened to two people in the Bible, Judas and the Antichrist. You see, in both attempts to kill Christ. You see, remember to Paul or to Saul, Jesus Christ says, why do you persecute me? And the Antichrist is going to come against Christians and kill Christians. And we who are alive and survive, people say, oh, we are alive and remain. So we're pre-trib. So it happens before the 70th week. Well, if that were true, then we couldn't, we couldn't read, we'll by no means precede those who are asleep because the pre-tribulation rapture theory says we do precede those who are asleep because the, the Jacob's trouble in Jeremiah 30, Matthew 24, Jacob's trouble include, Jacob's trouble includes those, the saints. Because we see the rising of those who are dead in Daniel 12, verse 2. Pre-tribulation rapture theory nullifies that whole, that whole, what happens? Do we nullify scripture? Do we take these passages of scripture and say, no, I don't want to believe this. No, we take the theory of the pre-tribulation rapture and we say, no, that doesn't hold water. See, and he says this, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, there's a lot of mockers in these last days and they make fun of scripture. It is prophesied for mockers to be in the last days. They say, well, you know, why would God, you know, the pre-tribulation rapture camp, why would God want us to be persecuted? Why would, and it, look at what the prophecies say. Look at what the prophecies say, what we read in, 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 in Amos chapter 9. When in verse 10, Amos 9, verse 10, all the sinners of my people shall die by the sword who say calamity shall not overtake us nor confront us. And that's what the pre-trib camp is doing. The pre-trib rapture theory says, you know, why is calamity going to overtake us? Why would God hurt us? Look at what's happening to Christians today. Look at what's happening. Say that to a pastor. Say that to a pastor's wife whose husband was just burned alive who heard her husband screaming in pain, agonizing in pain. 
at the first onset of pain, screaming loudly and hearing those screams getting, you know, dissipating because he's dying. And you tell that to his wife. Why would God allow us to suffer? You tell that to the mother of a daughter who's been abducted and being raped over and over and over 10 times every day. A 13-year-old girl. And you tell that mother, why would God allow us to suffer? It's foolish. It's cold-hearted. And hearts will wax cold in the last days. And I don't want that to be you, my friend. I love you. I don't want that to be you. Now, this perilous time that is coming, that is prophesied to come, and it will get worse. Christians today, they don't read in the Greek. They don't read we who are alive and survive. They read we who are alive and remain. They don't read we who are alive and survive. Today, they say in verse 18, comfort one another with these, comfort one another with these words and they mock. Oh, look, these people who don't believe in the pre-tribulation rapture. Look, how can we be comforted by, you know, we're going to suffer. How can we be comforted? They don't understand the Greek. They don't understand the prophecies, major prophecies, minor prophecies. They believe what's written in, you know, New York Times bestseller, the Left Behind books. They believe what, what is taught to them on the TV screen. They believe what is taught to them in the seminaries, what I call cemetery. But let's put all of those aside and see what the Bible says. Genesis to Revelation. We're just looking at a little bit of passages. We're not even looking at the entirety of passages. What does the Bible say? And then these mockers, so-called pastors even, they laugh. Oh, ha, ha, ha. How could they? You see these people are against the pre-tribulation rapture and they say comfort one another with these words. These are foolish people. The pastors, the teachers, very foolish people who have no understanding of the prophecies. Very bad. That's why you hear us say in our studies, the dangerous thing in the church today is the pre-tribulation rapture doctrine, false doctrine. And people say, oh, Jacob's trouble, that's separate from the rapture of the church. Is it really? In accordance with the prophecies, is it really? Because if that were true, we'd have to nullify a whole lot of passages. Because you say that we who are alive and remain precede those who are asleep because it happens the rapture happens before the uh, the jacob's trouble in accordance to the theory but that's not what the bible teaches today the mockers they read verse 18 therefore comfort one another with these words and they mock those who don't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture they mock. And in so doing, they mock the prophecies of the word of God. When this event comes. Now, I understand. I don't. It's not permissible, but I understand it. I call such people foolish. These teachers who say, oh, look, you know, how could we be comfort one another with these words? 
it's the luxury of these present times. We, we have a luxury of these present times. Now, I teach from America. We're sheltered from a lot of the persecutions that we see in Africa, in China, in Russia, in Arab countries, the, in Africa. We're sheltered from a lot of that. But you know what we have here in America? We don't have truth. We have liberalism. We don't have truth. Women pastors, women teachers, women elders. We have, you know, the craziness, the crazy town you read about what the Bible speaks about apostasy. That's what we have in the Western church. A whole lot of apostasy. And persecution is coming. In some regions, persecution is already here. And I speak for the church at large. Persecution is already here. And these mockers, they kind of laugh about it. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Ha, ha, ha. How is this comforting to know that, you know, we who are alive and you know that we're going to be raptured. Oh, but we're going to suffer. Well, the Bible says we who are alive and survive. It's the luxury we have today. It's the luxury that the Western saint has today. But there's persecutions, the grotesque things happening. Hands being chopped off. Tongues being chopped off. So, you know, the, the, the pastor is alive still. The teacher is alive still, but cannot teach because the tongue has been chopped off. These are things that are happening today. Pastors burned alive. Pastors' wives, sons, and daughters being raped, taken captivity, raped multiple times, multiple days. You see? The same day, multiple times. And then the next day, the same thing. And the next day, the same thing. Raped. 10 times a day, 20 times a day. And then the next day, raped again 20 times a day. The next day, raped 20 times a day. The next day, raped 20 times a day. And you're going to say, why would God, why would the Lord allow us to suffer? Look at the suffering that's happening today. When we're in, when the Antichrist begins killing Jews and begins killing Christians, it's going to be hell on earth. And remember these words. Remember verse 18. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Because when these times come, and they are coming, when these times come, yes, the Lord is going to have safe houses. And it's not a lot of people are going to be in these safe houses because there's a lot of crazy teaching. The teachers are going to be a big target for the Antichrist. But the teachers lead in truth and there will be Goshen. And when this time, of when the church is in survival mode, when we're being slaughtered across the earth, and Jesus Christ, the great tribulation, such as never born, such as never been before, nor shall ever be. Hell on earth. Comfort one another with these words. And know that redemption draws near. Remember, this is a, a study that's to be used in conjunction with another study. When is the rapture? Listen to that study. When is the rapture? Because we go systematically on more verses about the dangers with the pre-tribulation rapture theory. It is only a theory. And when we take the theory and measure it with the word of God, it is found wanting.
because it does not align with the truth of Holy Scripture. Yes, Jacob's trouble is in Matthew 24, but Jacob is not alone. You see? To the remnant of these last days, a beautiful people of the way. God bless you. I love you.